Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. Sometimes somebody walks into a room and instantly commands attention. And today's guest is definitely one of those women. She left me with a lasting impression. Danny Wallace is the founder of I Am The Queen Bee Movement, and she is now turning her life experiences into some real positives by her public speaking events, coaching, mentoring, helps lots of business women and has a real story to tell. She's also got an amazing singing voice and packs a punch, which really does match her personality. So be prepared to be blown away by Danny Wallace today. Hello, Danny, morning. Hiya, good morning, Rachel. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing in lockdown? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm glad to have a little bit of a break and come and sit down and have a chat to you. Well, yeah, you have been making the most of your time. You've, I've got so many things I want to talk to you about because you've been so busy during lockdown. But if anyone, anyone doesn't know you, how would you describe yourself? So for those of us that haven't met before, my name is Danny Wallace and I am the Queen Bee, which is a pretty bold statement to make, I'm quite aware, but I'm the, the fearless leader of the I am the Queen Bee movement over on Facebook. Um, and also I'm a public speaking coach. So I work particularly with women, although I do work with men and other genders too. Um, I help them articulate their business and mission message so that they can reach more people and well, earn more money and you know grow their businesses. So I'm really lucky I get to do what I do. And where did the inspiration come from? Because it's a fabulous name and it does suit you perfectly. Well, it does sound, it does, but it sounds like it's a cool thing to say when I introduce myself and I, and I don't want anybody to get me wrong. So it's, it's less about a statement about me and more of a, of a reclamation for the people that join the movement to step up into their own power, whatever that means. That sounds quite glib, doesn't it? But if you think, you know, the queen was born the queen and the queen didn't get a say in it, just like I was born where I was born and I didn't get a say in it. So I am the Queen Bee really is about reclaiming your birthright to success, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and bees, just so it happens, do some really incredible things that I'm sure we'll talk about over the course of this interview <laughs> that, that just speak beautifully to like different business analogies and personal development analogies. So it just, it, it rocks out, really works well for me. So yeah, I am the Queen Bee. It's not just about me though. When I first met you last year for, no, this year, gosh, this year's just flown by, um, with the official capsule with Natalie Anderson, and I saw you speaking, and you are a force to be reckoned with. You, you're <laughs> a brilliant public speaker. But where's all this come from? What's your journey to get to this point been like? So, um, so in a nutshell, so I grew up on the, on the council estates of Preston. Well, I didn't grow up in the council estates. Like, I, <laughs> I was in a house. I didn't just grow up on the streets. Um, my my family inherently and generationally were poor and I've got to use my words carefully when I say that because my mum gets dead upset we weren't destitute and she always tried really hard to you know we were always well turned out we were always clean we were always fed uh, but we couldn't do those nice things that the other families did go on holidays and all that sort of stuff like up abroad and you know we didn't have the latest clothes or all that sort of stuff but what 
what happened was is because generationally our community wasn't affluent in inverted commas and what we saw growing up was a lot of domestic violence generational domestic violence you know my dad he was an alcoholic and although a functioning alcoholic so to the outside world we were this like kind of perfect nuclear family me and my sister my mom my dad but behind closed doors it was really quite a difficult way to grow up um so I escaped when I was 17, 18, um, because I was really blessed. I found that I could sing. So we, I was never going to be able to afford to go traveling. So I thought, well, being tenacious, the next best way I'm going to be able to travel is to get paid to travel. So I would audition um, and go um, singing all over the world. I worked in some fantastic places. Um, but there's always the whisper and I know you'll get, you'll, you'll have got this in, in your career uh, about coming back and getting a proper job. When are you going to come and get a proper job? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have fun now. It's time to get on with some decent work. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so with that in mind, I could see that I wasn't putting down any roots anywhere. Um, and really I did, I did crave the stability that, you know, that I didn't maybe necessarily have when I was growing up. Mm. um so I moved back to the UK uh got a house had had a baby not on my own I had a partner um and whilst that stability and that kind of family was what I was trying to create it wasn't what my partner at the time wanted so two weeks after which was really you know well thought out of him two weeks after we sent out the invites to our wedding that was happening in a couple of months later he decided that it wasn't what he wanted and he, he just left uh, so I was on my own with the house the baby the cancelling the wedding um mm -hmm. and you can imagine it left me feeling quite vulnerable yeah so in that vulnerable position both from my mental health point of view and all and my mental health wasn't great anyway um, because of all of this baggage that I was carrying from all of those years, uh, it left me feeling quite vulnerable. I quite quickly got into a relationship with somebody um, and very, very quickly that relationship turned sour in terms of um, I found myself to be a victim of domestic abuse, coercive control um, domestic violence ultimately in the end. So I managed to escape that uh, for myself and for him because we were just driving each other crazy because that's the that's how the situation makes you um and then i was on my own with two kids under four at the start of what was a hellish recession um for the uk sort of around 2008 well between 2008 2010 so we ended up having to lose and i lost the house that i was living in so we became homeless um and we were sofa surfing between family and friends I was very lucky to have the network that i had at the time and I was tucking my kids into bed one night and I just thought, God, Danny, you're incapable of making a sound decision. Like when was the last time you made a great decision? I was, I had a great job. I'd working for some fabulous global companies as a trainer. I was training people to present. I was training people to lead teams and I was training people to recruit and I was a brilliant job. But underneath it all, my personal life was a shambles. And, um, I didn't know that night whether I was kissing my kids goodbye or goodnight, whether I was going to have to, you know, I, I just didn't see a way out for myself. And it was in that moment I had to realise either I was going to start happening to life or life was just going to continue to happen to me. Mm. So, um, so I, I got myself sorted. So I started working for myself. I started singing full time. Um, you know, my, my, my husband's lovely now, very supportive husband now. 
um, who just goes along with my harebrained ideas. He's just incredible. <laughs> you know, we've got a house now. The kids are happy. I've had another daughter since. So I've got my flowers, Poppy, Daisy and Ivy. Well, Ivy's like my foliage to finish my bouquet off. Um, and I had this whole skill set that I wasn't using for, you know, helping people to share their message, helping people to grow their businesses. And, you know, I had a lot of knowledge around that. So we were watching the film, the, have you heard the film B movie? Yes. Yeah. Right. So there's a quote in the B movie. It goes, uh, bees, aerodynamically bees should not be able to fly. Their short wings should not get their fat little bodies off the ground. And the bees, however, don't care what humans think is impossible and they fly. Anyway, and I was like clutching my pearls. I was like, this is the one. This is exactly what it is that I want to do. So it was in that moment that, the, you know, the I Am The Queen Bee movement was born. It's just grown ever since. It's just been incredible. So what services do you supply to women? Well, not just women, but what services do you supply? <laughs> so um, essentially, so the main bit and the main bulk of my work is that I'm a public speaking coach so I help people who want to become more visible who want to reach more people with the things that they do their products or their services I help them speak about them in a really compelling way so they come to me and I'll talk them through different strategies. I help them with their confidence because as well, like standing on stage or anywhere, like online now, lots of people are now speaking online, uh, doing podcasts like we're doing today. Um, and that's quite daunting because what you're doing when you're, when you're speaking is you're positioning yourself as alpha or an expert in your field, which is really quite daunting. So the majority of the work that I do, the paid work that I do, is around helping people speak, helping people articulate what it is that they do, why it is that they do it, and how they can help other people. But how did you get back that confidence? Because you must have had it completely knocked out of you going through some of those experiences. How did you get yourself back? How, how, what tools did you use to get to where you are now? It's, it's interesting, especially when you're a performer, how confidence works. So lots of people say to me, and I've said, oh, Danny, you're so confident. I wish I had your confidence. But actually, you know, my confidence for a time was a, a, a suit of armor that I put on so that I didn't have to share the bits of myself that I didn't want to share. So, you know, being a natural extrovert and a bit of a tigger and bounding around the place was really just a ruse for how I was feeling on the inside, mm -hmm. uh, which was, you know, I was a mess. So I hadn't done any of the work on myself. I was constantly questioning myself. And the work that I had to do was, was a lot of self-acceptance work around you know, I am okay as I am now. And this confidence that I have now is a much calmer and more still confidence where I'm accepting of my expertise. I'm accepting of my knowledge. I'm accepting of what I look like. I'm accepting of the fact that people won't, you know, maybe necessarily like what it is that I say or how I say it. But in that acceptance grows the type of confidence that is much more true and much less easy to hide behind if you will because the the suit of armor confidence the sort of danny wallace hat that i would put on it, it i had to deflate that I had to decompress somewhere and that would decompress at home mm -hmm. and i would exhaust myself and be so tired and be on show all the time whereas now with the work that i do because it's so heart driven because it comes from this natural place of still yeah quiet compelled you know acceptance space of confidence it's much easier to to deliver more consistently yeah. i think that's the key thing i think that word acceptance is is such a powerful 
word and it's so true when you see so many people on Instagram saying you know they're they're body confident or but actually it's not for me it's not about that it's about being accepting who I am and where I am at right now and that's good enough yeah that's it you know I, I know we've had a conversation about this before where we are expected particularly as women to be in a state of transition all the time mm-hmm. so to be in a state of getting better or looking better or being slimmer losing weight or you know um you know or having work done or you know in this constant state of transition this 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 concept that we are not okay as we are now one way shape or or another um and then when you actually realize that tomorrow never comes and that transition is something that you have to do right now then you have to accept where you are right now otherwise you're not going to do it you can't hate yourself to being a better person you can't hate yourself slim hate yourself pretty hate yourself i don't know popular which is well, I said at the beginning, you've been, you've been somebody that I've been watching who has been really, you seem to have upped it at a level for lockdown. So you've started doing these morning shows. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. You can hear them all, like, like just directly outside my bedroom door right now. Um, so at the, beginning of, at the beginning of lockdown, I, um, I knew that there was going to be a very real risk that I... I might not get up as early as I might in the morning had it been a normal work day so what I did is I decided to become accountable and and I started going live every morning at eight o'clock Monday to Friday in my community the IATQB hive and that kind of grew so I was just putting my makeup on in the morning getting ready for the work day and then I started to say okay it's getting a bit boring this we want people to um we want people to come and like share their experiences come and get ready with us in the morning and um so they did so now it's grown into this on on the queen bee danny page on facebook we've got um like celebrities we've got dog trainers we've got international business coaches multimillionaires, people just starting out in business all coming along and coming to be interviewed with me in the morning getting ready and the show at wise up rise up show has just become brilliant <laughs> i was never <laughs> expecting it to to become a thing so you're gonna carry it on after after lockdown Yes, absolutely. I think it's just kind of become its thing. It's interesting. One of the um, one of the one of the things that I've always wanted to do is be on the telly, and I'm a very firm believer in if you're not being invited to the table, then you make the table yourself. Yeah. So this is kind of a little bit of me making the table. You know, sure is certain help. If no one's going to put me on the telly, then I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> you never know what's happening in the future, Donny, as well. So Fingers crossed. <laughs> so this has also grown into something that you're really passionate about that's going to happen on the 5th of June. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. I've kept myself into some scrapes, <laughs> Rachel. So like in terms of comfort zones, I always try and stretch mine a little bit and I, I can never allow myself to be bored or too comfortable for too long. And um, I, was, I was sat here at the beginning of lockdown as a survivor myself. I, I just knew as soon as lockdown got announced... I knew that there were going to be so many people out there that were going to find themselves in a position where they are, you know, they're, they're in a, they're, you know, they're a victim of domestic violence or they're experiencing domestic abuse yeah. and they weren't going to be able to go anywhere. And as soon as I saw the, the reports coming in, calls to the National Domestic Violence Helpline has gone up 700% since the start of lockdown, which is just shocking. There was no way that I was going to be able to for very much longer sit here in my ivory tower with this lovely little life that I've got and not do anything. 
So I thought, right, okay, so I've been doing this show for a little bit now, 10 weeks. I've got, I've got the knack of interviewing people. I'm pretty good at that now. Um, why don't I interview some celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> so what I've done is created the big festivities. So I want to raise it. So we're partnering with um, Women's Aid uh, and Gallup which is the LGBTQ initiative because domestic violence, domestic abuse is not gendered at yeah. all. It happens to men, women, non-binary people, trans people, everybody. Um, there is nobody that's untouched by, uh, by domestic abuse um, in terms of gender. So uh, I'm interviewing uh, 12 celebrities, 12 global entrepreneurs over 12 hours on the 5th of June on the Queen Bee Danny page as part of the big festoon. So festooning is what bees do when they're building something new. They link arms and they, uh, and they show the other bees where to build to. So I thought it would make quite for an apt name for the day. And how can people find out about that? So they can sign up for updates um, on iamthequeenbee.co.uk forward slash the big festoon. Um, and you can go there and go and check out the lineup. The lineup is honestly, I, I, I've got to keep my head down working on it because if I look up, it gets too big and I get overwhelmed. So we've got, uh, we've got support from Jenny Powell. We've got support from uh, Callum Best, uh, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, Brad Burton. Um, we've got Dan Meredith who wrote the book, How to Be... We can swear, can't we? Fucking awesome. <laughs> um, how to fucking awesome. Um, who else have we got? We've got Alice Living, uh, who does the workouts over on Instagram. She's incredible. Um, we've got uh, Toby Alexander-Smith, who plays a perpetrator um, on EastEnders at the moment, who Women's Aid are um, consulting with EastEnders at the moment for that storyline. And we've got... Uh, we were so blessed to have Toby on the on the show. He's he's going to be on the show on the day, so we can talk to him about that yeah. um, because I think it's an interesting insight to have. He's had to do really extensive research to be able to to play such a character. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, incredible like international entrepreneurs from across the pond. We've got um, image consultant and uh, transformational uh, coach. Um, Carla Ballou is going to be joining us. We've got Elaine Lucartis. Uh, we've just got some phenomenal, phenomenal people on the day. And I did see um, you shared on, on one of your social media posts that um, your PR lady have surprised you with a really special um, endorsement by the one and only Macy Gray. How did that make you feel? Oh man, she, I had no idea this was coming. She just she messaged me in the morning. She said, I need you to, I need you to get on a call. And I was like, right, okay. And then when we when she sent me the link, it was a StreamYard link, which is a like a, a, a video broadcast link. You can record, it's like Zoom, but it's, you can make it look more like a tele studio. It's what I use for my show. So I clicked on clicked on the link and went on the, the Joe's there. Working, I'm working with Joe Swan from Chocolate PR on the event, and uh, she goes, "Got a surprise for you, Danny." I was like, "Why aren't we on Zoom?" And she said, "Well, I've got something to show you. It's the only way I could show you," and. She, she'd only managed to get Macy Gray to give us like a message of support for the big festoon. Now I've been a huge fan. Like I'm grinning so much, like talking about this. Now. I've been a huge, 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 huge fan of Macy Gray for years. Like her music is just phenomenal. Um, you know, from the area of I try and Caligula, like all the, all the way to now. Um, and like, she's setting up uh, like a hair and beauty salon over in LA at the moment. Like she's doing all, all amazing things. She has like a happy hour on Instagram through lockdown. Um, so to hear her like endorsing what we were doing and like shouting me out, she's like the queen bee Danny. And I was like, oh my God, that's great, just said my name. And I was like crying on these, like she recorded it. Of course she did yeah. the cowbag. She recorded it and I'm like, 
just crying my eyes out watching Macy Gray give us a shout out. I just couldn't believe it. But that's just another endorsement of you, Danny, as well, and all the work, all the great stuff that you're doing. And also, it just shows you how far you've come, doesn't it, personally? Yeah, I, I, I can't, I constantly look over my shoulder thinking, like, what is going on? And, you know, people say to me, oh, Danny, you're so lucky. You're really lucky, Danny. Aren't you dead lucky? And I'm like, no. No, I'm not. I've worked really hard and I've had a lot of setbacks and a lot of failure to, to get to where I am. What you're seeing now is the tip of an iceberg of, of years and years and years of getting to know myself and understanding myself and, you know, working out what, you know, what is my message? What is my legacy? What do I want to help people with? And it's, you know, it's hearing a lot of no for a lot of years and a lot of trauma for a lot of years to get to this good bit. So I'm thinking, right. Allow yourself it now then, Danny, if that's all the things that you had to get through to get it. You're basking yeah. a little bit now, babes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, what tips or what advice could you give to somebody that's right at the, the beginning of their journey? How do they get started to start where they want, you know, to get to where they want to be? First of all, start imperfectly. Stop waiting. Because mm. if you... if you constantly nobody's ready to do anything nobody's ready to start a business nobody's ready to have a baby nobody's ready to get married no one's no one's ready to do anything that's going to change your life nobody so if you break it down you look at this big change or look at this thing that you want to achieve like a mountain well you're not gonna just sit there and think about it and all of a sudden you're going to be at the top of that mountain you've got to take steps so this is a, a, a training i heard from um tony robbins years ago and he was like, if you go to bed at the end of every day, having taken at least half a step forward, you have taken half a step forward. Mm -hmm. So if that is a phone call, uh, you know, to connect with somebody that's going to help you, if that's you're going to write down your plan, your tick list of what you're going to create the next day, that is still something that you hadn't done at the beginning of the day. You can go to bed at night safe in the knowledge. You know, there's a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like right now, so at the time we're in week 10, at the time yeah. we're recording this, week 10 of lockdown. Yeah. And everyone was like, you know, you've got to learn a skill. You've got to learn a language. You've got to pivot your business. You've got to do all these things right now. And there's a lot of pressure to do that. And I think that actually taking the littlest step and then taking the next littlest step will create a whole series of very small steps that are going to get you to where you're going. And, you know, not taking the, the worst thing you can do is not put your foot forward because then you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Is there a common theme with the women that come to you about how they're feeling about themselves and what, what they feel stopping them taking that next step? Yeah, I think we're being given the language now more so than ever. Um, around things like imposter syndrome like it's not something that really we talked about you know in the 80s and the 90s but now like we have the language around imposter syndrome and what that looks like so I get a lot of people come to me saying who am I to be um to be trying to position myself as an expert in my field who am i to be popping my head above the parrot pet and saying actually you guys want to listen to me because I know something it's like this ego that comes with it or perceived ego that comes with it that uh, is, is deemed unattractive to themselves. When actually, if you don't do it, you are not sharing a gift that you've got. Mm. So um, I, I've told this story a couple of times. I, I, was, I was on The Voice, but I wasn't on The Voice in 2015. So I'd gone through, I was scouted, gone through the audition process. I was up and down to London and we got to the day of filming. It was actually the last day of filming. And what they don't tell you is that even when they filled up all the spots, you still get to sing for the coaches. 
So as I walk in there, I didn't know, but already I wasn't going anywhere. They wasn't going to show me. So I sang my song and I did all right. Um, and, the, and the coaches turned around at the end to give their feedback and then said, like, no, we can't turn around. So it's a no. So I'm stoically crying, thinking this is it. This is my, this is my big shot done with, done and dusted. And, uh, and Will I Am, which is it's a name and after. I'll just leave that name there, shall I? Uh, Will I Am turned around to me and he said, Danny, what are you crying for? And I said, well, I feel like this is it. This is my shot. It's gone. It's done. I, I, I'm, look at me. I'm, you know, an overweight 30-something-year-old who can sing okay. Who's going to, how am I going to get the visibility now? And he was like, you can sing. You can sing. You, just because we haven't turned around today does not mean that you can't sing. It means four people out of seven and a half billion people were not in a position today to turn mm -hmm. around you're going to have to learn if this is something that you really want, that you've got to keep giving your gift because who are you not to give it? Who are you, who are you to stop right now? If you have a gift that you need to give the world. And that really stuck with me. And I say this all the time when people are coming to me and they've got this imposter syndrome, they're frightened of being invisible. Nobody goes into business because they don't want to help someone. People go into business because they have a product or a service that is helpful. Whether, like you, you're sharing, I love your message through your modeling that, you know, we've got to look real in order to, to share ourselves with the world. You make it accessible to people like me to wear fashion, to, to actually wear fashion and not just like hide ourselves under a tent or, you know, actually go and seek couture and go and see what that's about and see what, what, where's the space for me in that. I just think that, you know, when I, when you have a, a product or a service that you want to give to the world, who are you not to give it? There are going to be so many people that are not going to be helped if you don't share what it is that you do. And that's, you know, when we talk about imposter syndrome and people not wanting to be visible or being scared, especially when they're considering speaking, that's mm -hmm. the biggest bit of work that we have to do at the start. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I, I still suffer with it now, particularly when I first started modelling, I really struggled with it. But even yesterday, I said to my husband, because I was talking about things I'd like to try and how I want to see the podcast grow and where, I'd, you know, my kind of aspirations. And I did turn around to him and say, but who am I? What, what, what can I say? You know, what, what's so different about me? And I heard myself say it. So, well, why are you going to stop doing it and just not do it? And I was like, well, no, of course I'm not going to. You've got to just keep pushing yourself forward haven't you yeah that's it and it's and it's being uncomfortable like in order to do anything you've got to do anything mm. to achieve anything you've got to get yourself re really comfortable with being uncomfortable it's like you, if you are growing out of your shoes or you know you've got to feel the pinch in order for you to go out and get yourself a new pair of shoes you know, and it's that it's if you're in a state of growth and growing is what you want to do, then you've got to feel that pinch. When you feel that pinch, you know, you're heading in the right direction. You've got to lean into it a little bit and go get yourself a new pair of shoes. I mean, I love what your message is. And I've seen you on stage and you are amazing to watch. I and mean, you can't help but kind of come away feeling much more motivated about what your own personal aspirations. How important has a mentor been for you? Because you're such a good mentor to other people. It's interesting that um and like i seek out mentors there is no successful person that i that i know that doesn't have some sort of mentor like seeking out the people that have done the thing that you want to be doing is the most sane way i think of of learning your craft like 
learning from as many people who are in a successful position in the field that you want to be in is I think that just that just makes sense um my mentor uh, my first my first speaking mentor in the business world uh, Brad Burton he's the UK's number one motivational business speaker he um he would say I heard him say a number of times we almost locked horns when we first met he said that you can't be a fat motivational speaker no right and I was like what I am just the person you need in your life right now, Brad. Um, because he, I get what he was saying. So what he was saying was, if you are not motivated yourself, and his version of motivation from his place in the world was that, you know, you're motivated to look after yourself, in inverted commas, whatever that looks like, you know, go to the gym or, you know, eat healthy or whatever. And I was like, I, my body is not a, an outward depiction of my value my body is is my body is that is the vessel in which i carry my expertise what comes out of my mouth is the value and like you said people when they hear me speak there's precious few people that go away that don't feel motivated to do something you do, i don't have to motivate people to go to the gym i'm like do not come to me if you want to get motivated to come to the gym so i'm not going to motivate you to do that but what i might motivate you to do is make a choice or a decision with your life that is going to change it for the better Mm-hmm. and i could be fat and do that at the same time so i said that to him <laughs> he he was like he stood up he was i was in this training room he was like you can't be a fat motivational speaker and i was like watch me <laughs> and he invited me onto his stage at now what live which is one of his his events and he wrote the foreword in my book and we have a great relationship and oh. he's a- Oh, yes, a plug, just uh, closed mouths don't get fed um is a lizzo quote uh, and it, it, yeah it was really the inspiration for it it's just a, it's only a little book it's like a little book of speaking a little book of sharing your message um but you know brad and i could have fallen out in that in that exchange but actually what we did is we learned from each other and i was like right okay well you're gonna he lit the blue touch paper for me he's created a very lovely and benign monster now because i'm like taking over the world yeah. um because you can't tell me not to do something. You tell me I can't do something. And that just like, yeah. I'm a little rebellious sod. And mm-hmm. I'm like, right, okay, well, I'm going to go and do the thing. Um, and, you know, he's supporting the big festoon. He's coming on to be, you know, one of the interviewees. Um, another, another of my mentors, uh, Lisa Johnson, um, I needed to learn the business bit. I needed to learn how am I going to make some money then? Because it's all right being an incredible speaker, a powerful speaker, but you need to know how to build your business around that so that you do get asked to speak in more places, more prestigious places. I was coming from nowhere. um, And, you know, it's ill thought of of me if I thought all of a sudden I'm going to get stages with the NHS or Costa Coffee or, you know, like, you know, big commercial contracts. I'm going to have to build up a business to surround and support my speaking. So having a mentor in Lisa Johnson really allowed me to create, you know, courses where I teach people have a really great one-to-one offering all of that sort of stuff but she's done the thing that I want to be doing she's earning you know hundreds of thousands of pounds doing doing that thing so I'm going to go and learn from it and I think it's important as well when you're thinking about mentors that they come in all shapes and sizes and ages as well like Mm. you can have a mentor that's older than you a mentor that's younger than you like my kids like are great mentors for me (laughs) they teach me a lot (laughs) about patience for for the most part (laughs) I didn't realize how patient I could be (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like mentoring is so and I go and seek them out now 
I go and seek out mentors. Um, I don't just like, wait and wait for one to sort of benign, I've benignly come across one. If there is something that I need to learn, I go out there and I find the person who's the best in the field that is willing to teach me. I like, think that's the thing. I think a lot of people are scared of contacting somebody just in case of that fear of rejection, I suppose. But actually, I found most people have, even if they've not been able to offer help immediately, they've, they've put me in a new direction or they've given me a word of wisdom or they've yeah. not just kind of completely ignored me. I think it's in, like again. I always say I think it's interesting. So one of the ways that I approach mentors is, I often when I'm building my tribe and I'm building the people that I want to learn from, I have to tell them we're going to be friends. So I was like, "Hey, we're we're going to be friends. You don't know this yet, but I'm so excited to be your friend." And they think I'm strange, and I'll send them a t-shirt, or you know, I'll send them my book, or I'll just say, "Look, I." I I'm in awe of what you do. I think what you do is amazing. What I don't do is I don't go, have you got five minutes while I pick your brain and expect people to just give me that. Mm. Uh, because, you know, people's people's expertise are really hard won. So often when I'm seeking out a mentor, what I'll do is, uh, first of all, I'll have a laugh and a joke with him and say, look, you know, I'd really want to gift you. So I want to send you, I want to send you a token of my appreciation. You've taught me so much already. I want to learn more from you. But then I find out if, if they have some sort of mentorship program or if they have some sort of way of coaching that I have to pay for. Mm. And if, they, if it's expensive, then I have to save up to learn from that person. I have to invest in myself to learn from that person because it's disrespectful to think that that person is just going to yeah. give that to me for free. Yeah. Or for the most part, when you build relationships, right, you can absorb information as well. So, you know, you swings and roundabouts, but I would always strongly suggest in investing in mentorship and coaching. Um, if you're able, and if you're not able, then absorb the free value that lots of these mentors put out there. Mm. I already know the answer to this one because I know how passionate you are about what you're doing. But how ambitious are you for the future? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> um, so ambition can often be misread as like a, um, uh, like a, it's like chasing after the ego. And it is, it's not what it is with me. Don't get me wrong. The ego bit of me, the performer bit of me would love to I'd love to be on the telly and you know do presenting work and all of that sort of stuff that's really where I would like to be but actually the ambition the bit that really fires me up is that if I leave the world in a better place even in just one corner of it than when I found it then I feel like I, you know my time here isn't wasted so the ambition in me is really about spreading the word of the I and the queen bee movement it's about you know allowing people access that maybe wouldn't have had before to the notion that they get to if they show up and they wise up they can rise up mm -hmm. that's you know it's like yeah. oh, you guys can't see but there's a banner behind me it says show up wise up rise up my show in the morning show up wise up rise up it's all about trying to get people to understand that you do not have to always accept the hand that you've been dealt you can pass your hand back and say actually no deal me another hand mr croupier mr dealer sort me out you play or you play the hand that you've been dealt and play it as deftly as you can but you get to choose and you get to choose what you do so as long as i pay my strengths forward all the time that's what's fueling the ambition and what i've found is rachel that where money is concerned, I've met very rich and sad people and met very, you know, financially poor people who are very happy. So it is about chasing the money. But the more I chase what I love, the more I find the money comes to it anyway. It's yeah. crazy how that works. you found that purpose, haven't you? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Having a purpose has been yeah. so, so important. Well, obviously, you're such an inspiration. I could talk to you for hours. Last three questions that I always ask my guests. 
So the first one, um, this might be hard because I know how much you love music, but do you have a favourite song that always motivates you? I properly do. Like, I don't even have to think about this one because uh, I have it in my ears before I do any, any stage show. So have it before you go on stage, especially when you do something I do, like I do. It's important to like get the revs going, like have a really good BPM. And Macklemore, Can't Hold Us, is a surefire where I'm bouncing up and down before I go on stage listening. That the ceiling can't hold us. Like I'm, I'm here for that all day long. <laughs> I must admit, I play that. If I'm going to castings, I'll have a certain songs and that's one of my playlists for that. Yes. Brilliant. That and Todrick, Nail Hair, Hips, Heels is another really good one. Oh, right. I don't know that one. I'm going to have to look that one up. I'm going to send, I'm going to send you a link to it. You'll love it. <laughs> and what about a book that inspires you? Because I know you read a lot. I do read lots. Um, and that was part of my saving grace when I was coming through that really, really tough time was, you know, listen, particularly listening to audio books. I got three, so I'll do them really quick. So mm. one, uh, around money mindset and, and, and business growth. I think Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, is the foundation on which most businesses are built. If you read that, you've pretty much got a blueprint for, for creating success. The second one is Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. Like, it was like she was sent to me by the gods when I, when I came across her book. It's just such a wonderful book. And the third one, I can't believe I get to interview this guy as part of the big festoon, Dan Meredith's How to Be Fucking Awesome, is just a phenomenal... It's like having a big brother who's just giving you no bullshit he's like just got his arm around you and he's giving you a right good talking to and sometimes i need that um mm. so it's a really really great book to read brilliant oh, what about who inspires you ah that's more tough that's tougher than the music one like i find i find inspiration in the weirdest of places so anybody who is actively attempting to pay their strengths forward as opposed to their adversities is somebody who inspires me so if i think about you like people like you rachel you inspire me but you know my, my sister inspires me. My mum inspires me. But God, my kids inspire me. My, if I think about people who have done bad things and then are trying to turn things around, they inspire me. I think about my dad. and My, my dad, who, you know, was a, a victim of his own circumstances growing up, and he did the best that he knew how to with the information he had at the time and they didn't talk about men's mental health back then they didn't talk about you know he's self-medicated and so much so like it, you know he had an accident we didn't speak for years and he had an accident um four years ago and he has he has an, an acquired brain injury now and we care for him now and you know he inspires me with his tenacity still um, so i find i find inspiration in the strangest of places and i think a lot of it comes from gratitude like I'm just so grateful that people give me the time of day. Like I'm just inspired all around. I'm like walking around like a big ball of gratitude. <laughs> well, keeping you inspire me hugely. So keep doing what you're doing. I love the work that you're doing, and I'm really looking forward to the fifth of June. I'm going to go and check it out now and see uh, the timetable. So ah, oh, you've got it so much, Danny. Absolute uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's I am the Queen forward slash the Big Festoon. Rachel, you are amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So if you'd like to know more about Danny and all the fabulous work she's doing, please go visit her website, iamthequeenbee.co.uk. You can also find her on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and her YouTube channel, and that's The Queen Bee Danny. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com 
or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>